0: This morning, we're continuing our series called Q&A. Every week, we're throwing out a Q, uh, a question that we think is relevant to the Christian life, and then offering an A, an answer uh, from the Bible that we hope will help you. And today's question is one a lot of people have asked over the years, and even those who haven't actually asked the question have maybe sometimes wondered about it. And it's simply this, is going to church really all that important? I know a preacher in Texas who likes to tell a story about uh, uh, a guy he ran into during the week, a fellow uh, from his church that he hadn't seen in a long time. And he said, hey, Joe, it's nice to see you. I haven't seen you in church in a long time. When are you going to come back to church? And the man said, oh, preacher, I don't need the church and all the trappings of institutionalized religion. I just go to the invisible church. And my friend said, Joe, let me ask you a question. When you get sick, do you go to an invisible doctor? (laughs) Because you don't like the trappings of institutionalized medicine. When your cupboards are bare and you get hungry, do you go to an invisible supermarket? (laughs) Because you don't like to stand in line. When you do business with customers, do you accept invisible money? Because you don't like to mess with receipts and taxes and that sort of thing. I think those are some pretty good questions, don't you? It's amazing the rationalizations we come up with to try to justify not going to church. "Ah, I don't need church. But is that really true? Do we need church or not? Pretty good question. Well, let's start with a simple statement of logic. Okay, here it is. If the church is not important, then clearly going to church is not important. But if the church is important, then as Christians, our involvement in it is important. Now, wouldn't you say that's a true statement? I mean, if the church is unimportant, then I'm sure God wouldn't mind if we didn't go because he doesn't want us to get caught up in things that are unimportant. But if the church is important, then as Christians, our involvement in it and our support of it is important. So that's the real question, I think, this morning. Is the church important? That's the question within the question. And I'm not going to answer that question this morning. I'm not going to tell you if the church is important or not, because my opinion doesn't matter. I'm going to let Jesus answer this question. And I'm going to let him answer it with a choice that he made. But before I tell you what choice I'm referring to, let me just underscore the fact that our choices in life always tell the world what we think is important. Isn't that true? I mean, if you never told anybody what uh, what you think is important in life, people would still know just by watching the way you live and looking at the choices you make. For example, if you spend tons of money on clothes and your closets are overflowing with clothes and you wear a different outfit every time you step out of the house, people are going to know that you think clothes are important. If you work three jobs so that your child can go to the very best private school, even if you never told anybody, people would still know from that choice you're making that your child's education is important to you. So our choices always tell the people around us what we think is important. Now, back to Jesus. He told the world how important he thinks the church is with one choice that he made. What choice? Well, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 says, he gave up his life for her, her being the church. He gave up his life for the church. And I want to tell you something. You don't give up your life for something that you think is unimportant. Now, you might give a little money or give a little of your time just to appease somebody or maybe just to make yourself feel better. But you don't give up your life for something unless you believe it is of vital importance. So let's just answer that question right now. Is the church important? Jesus says it is. And he says it with his life. So, back to our statement of logic. If the church is important, then as Christians, our involvement in it, our support of it, is important. What I want to do this morning is give you three specific reasons why we all need the church. We need the church. We need to be involved in church. Three reasons. Here's the first one. The church offers accountability. When you were a little kid living at home, your parents held you accountable for your actions. And there are probably several ways they did that. Different parents have different styles of parenting, but maybe they made you go to your room if you misbehaved. Or maybe they made you stand in the corner. Or maybe you got a spanking or whatever. But your parents held you accountable for your actions. Then you went to school. And then your teachers held you accountable. They had ways of doing that. One is with the grade book. If you don't do your homework, you don't turn in the assignments, then you get a bad grade. Uh, Maybe you got detention because you misbehaved in the classroom. They have ways of holding you accountable for your actions. Then you grew up and got a job, and your employer started holding you accountable, and they have different ways of doing this. Maybe some of you, when you go to work, have to punch a time clock, and that's how they hold you accountable for being to work on time. Or maybe there's a performance review that you have to go through every now and then. The point is, throughout our lives, people and institutions hold us accountable. And the reason is because we need it, right? Think what we would be. What a mess our lives would be if we had no one to hold us accountable. Think how many kids would never do their homework. Wouldn't even go to school if there was no one to hold them accountable. How many of us wouldn't show up for work on time, or at all, if there was no one to hold us accountable? Well, it's no different in our spiritual lives. Look at Jeremiah 17, 9. It says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Have you ever seen somebody that was just totally messed up and you thought to yourself, wow, how did that person get so messed up? Well, this is the reason. Because the human heart is desperately wicked and will lead you into all kinds of trouble if somebody doesn't hold you accountable. This is one of the things the church does very well. It holds people accountable in the spiritual part of their lives. There are different ways this happens. For one thing, preaching and teaching, Sunday morning sermons, Midweek Bible studies, small group discussions. When you're involved in the church, you're constantly being reminded through preaching and teaching of what's right and what's wrong. What you should do, what you shouldn't do. And if you walk out of church some Sunday morning feeling guilty because of something I've taught you from the Word, that's the Word holding you accountable for your actions. Another way the church will hold you accountable is by putting people in your life who love you and care about you and will hold you accountable. If you start going off the rails, they'll say, hey, what's wrong? Why are you acting this way? What's happening? How can we help you? Let me tell you what is, in my opinion, the greatest tragedy I see in the work that I do. I've seen this countless times times over the years. A broken family comes to church. And I say broken, maybe the family is still intact, but there's there's lots of dysfunction in the family. Maybe the mom and dad's marriage is hanging by a thread. Maybe the kids are out of control. Maybe there are financial problems. Maybe there are deep-seated resentments in this family, but they're looking for hope, so they come to church. They walk in desperate, but they start meeting new people and making some new friends, maybe better friends than what they've been hanging out with. And they start hearing the word of God preached and taught. And they start getting some new ideas, some better ideas into their heads. And they start feeling the encouragement of people around them. And suddenly their family starts to do better. The marriage is a little stronger, and the kids are doing better, and the family is kind of pulling together because the church is ministering to them and helping them and encouraging them and teaching them, and things start going pretty well. Then, a year, maybe two later, that family drops out of church. And it might be just because they got lazy, like so many people do, or it might be because their life has improved and they think maybe they don't need the church as much anymore. But they drop out. And when that happens, often it's not three, six months, at the most a year. And I will hear that that family has blown apart. Back to their old problems or even worse. I cannot tell you how many times Mike and I have had conversations where we've looked at a family that has dropped out of church and a year later they're all in a mess And we have said to each other, wow, when they were going to church, they were doing so well. But when they drop out of church, everything fell apart. Friends, this is the difference between having accountability in your life and having no accountability in your life. I'll just say it this way. We are better people when there's someone to hold us accountable. We are worse people when there's no one to hold us accountable. We need accountability. And that's one of the things you get when you come to church. Another thing the church offers is help. Help. I'm often asked what I do Monday through Saturday. (laughs) You know what I do on Sunday. But I've had people ask me, what do you do Monday through Saturday? I know Mike has gotten that question. I haven't asked Jack, but he's probably gotten it too. And if he hasn't yet, he will. Um, Let me just put it this way. Those of us in professional vocational ministry um, spend almost all of our working time during the week um, doing various things to try to help people. For example, uh, these sermons and lessons that we write the research we do, the preparation that we do, all of that has one purpose, to try to help people. The counseling appointments that we have, many of which are very painful and emotionally draining, have one purpose, and that is to try to help people. The in-home and hospital and nursing home visits we make, which can happen at all hours of the day or night and can be emotionally draining, those have one purpose, and that is to try to help people. Uh, The plans and programs we organize for the church family, um, all of that has one purpose, and that's to try to help people. But it's not just just what we do. I mean, in the church here, we have elders. We have other staff members, a, a host of volunteers that serve on a variety of ministry teams, and all of those teams have one purpose, and that is to try in some way to help people. At any given time, during the week, you will find members of this church doing all kinds of things, giving elderly folks rides to the doctor. You will find uh, members of our church out on the streets of Osceola County feeding the homeless. We've clothed underprivileged children. We've helped people tarp their roofs after storms. We've mowed people's lawns when they were recovering from surgery. We've provided meals for bereaved families. We've helped people with household repairs when they weren't able to do them on their own. We've provided respite care for people who live with the handicapped or the elderly. We've organized support groups. We've adopted an elementary school. Now, through our Change for a Dollar program, we're even able to help uh, people financially who are in desperate need. And it's not just that. Every single day, all around this world, there are churches that are doing things to help people. And let me tell you something. This is often the thing that brings people back to church after they've dropped out. They think they don't need the church. Oh, I can be a Christian without going to church. And then one day, something happens in their life, some sort of upheaval. And where do you think they go for help? Right back to the church. This is what has brought a lot of people back to us who at one time had convinced themselves they didn't need the church. Um, About two to three weeks ago, I got a phone call from someone who used to attend this church, attended for years. And then about 10 years ago, she decided she didn't need church anymore. And she dropped out. She hasn't been going anywhere. She called me two or three weeks ago. Hadn't talked to her, hadn't seen her in ten years. Why do you think she called? Because she needed help. And she knew where she could find it. The church. So you've got accountability, you've got help. Here's the third thing the church offers. Purpose. Purpose. Every single Sunday when you come to church, you are reminded that there's more to life than what you see out there during your week. There's more to life than your job. There's more to life than working to try to get that next promotion. There's more to life than cleaning house and preparing meals. There's more to life than getting your kids to soccer practice or to dance class. There's more to life than paying bills and and buying groceries. There's more to life than binge-watching Netflix. There's more to life than sitting around all day playing video games. These things provide a routine for your life, but they do not provide purpose for your life. And there are millions of people doing all the things I just mentioned. And yes, they have a weekly routine, but they don't have purpose. A lot of these people that are so busy with all the kinds of stuff I just mentioned, oh yeah, they're busy, but they feel empty. Because they don't have purpose. They're like the you know the mouse on the treadmill or the hamster running, 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 but just never getting anywhere. But when you come to church, you're reminded, like right now, you're reminded that there's more to life than the daily grind. For example, Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 through 4, which says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you, Now look at this line here. It says, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. And when you hear a verse like that, you are reminded that there is more to life than your weekly routine. There's a whole spiritual dimension to your life that transcends the weekly grind. And you begin to realize that if you start investing more in that spiritual part of your life, you start investing more in your relationship with Christ, your life begins to have more meaning and more depth. The richer your life becomes because you have a purpose. You're living for something beyond this world. You get that from the church. You don't get that anywhere else. So, we've got accountability, help, and purpose. Three things everybody needs. Everybody needs these three things. Accountability, help, and purpose. Which should underscore the importance of going to church. Even so, there will always be people who will say, I don't need the church. I can be a Christian without going to church. I think it's interesting that those people never say, I can be a student without going to class. They never say, I can be an employee without going to work. They never say, I can be a soldier without reporting for duty. They never say, I can be a coach without showing up for the games. They never say, I can be a truck driver without ever delivering a load. They never say, I can be a sailor without ever setting foot on a boat. And the reason people don't make those statements is because they're stupid. All of those statements are stupid. Can we just be honest today? They're stupid comments. Nobody would say those things. But when it comes to church... All of a sudden, stupid becomes smart. No. No, it doesn't. Don't be fooled. When people try to tell you, you can be a Christian without going to church. I know the Hebrew writer wouldn't have been fooled by that. Um, Hebrews 10.25, most people think Paul wrote it says, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. People who promote the notion that you can be a Christian without going to church, they cannot support their position from the Bible. They can only give you their opinion. See, the thing is, the New Testament promotes the church. It promotes the church. It makes the church out to be the biggest of deals. For example, the New Testament tells us how the church got started. It tells us how individual congregations were planted. The New Testament tells us how those congregations were organized and led. It gives us qualifications For church leaders. The New Testament tells us what churches did to minister to their communities and how they impacted the cities and towns they were in. It tells us that letters were written to these churches to try to help them. And we have those letters and we study those letters. The New Testament gives us the exact words Jesus spoke to some of these churches. The New Testament tells us that the church is the body of Christ. The New Testament tells us that the gates of hell will not, never prevail against the church. And the New Testament shows us vivid images of Jesus hanging on a cross to give His life for the church. So don't tell me the church is not important. Of all the questions we will answer in this series, Q&A, this is the easiest one to answer. Does it really matter? If I go to church. Yes. It matters. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to understand what an amazing.